need for you to fight in me in everything that I do. Holy Spirit. Everything I say, Lord. Holy Spirit. I need you in my home. And even when I'm driving down these dangerous highways, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. In everything that I do, Holy Spirit. everything I say, Lord, Holy Spirit. I need you in my home. And even when I'm driving down these dangerous highways, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Fall down. Hallelujah. In my highways, in my byways. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord.
let, let us pray. Lord, right now, I ask you right now to protect our prayers and that we may consecrate and be, be powerful in it without having hindrance of our own wickedness and weakness. God, give us an ear right now as we, we speak and let the earth hear your words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, and the, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, and like showers upon the earth, for I will proclaim the name of the Lord and ascribe the greatness of you, Lord. Father, be gracious to me that a ray of your light penetrate the darkness of my understanding. Give me confidence in the power of your gospel. Grant me clarity and understanding and proclaim the truth of your word for the edification of your church through your word, Father. Now, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me, anoint me. Anoint me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to those who are captive, for the recovery of the sight of the blind, that the lame may walk, and the brokenhearted will be mended. And those who have been treated badly, it's time, now it's time for me to announce that you've come right now to show them kindness. So God, please enlighten my mind with truth. Inflame my heart with love. Inspire me with courage, Lord. Enrich my life with service. Pardon me where I have been. Sanctify what I am. And order what I shall be. And Lord, may your precious blood answer whatever Satan may bring. We bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be accepted in thy sight, Father because you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. amen. and amen, amen, amen. First again, good evening to you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. As again, I'd like to give honor and praise to Yahweh, Jehovah God, and all our praises to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And to the angels of this house, my brother, Brother Horsley, and to his wife, Julia, to all the deacons, the deaconess, all the staff of the church, my members and friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it is good to be here tonight, tonight. And of course, to my lovely wife, my friend, my real, my boo, my confidant, my girlfriend, my riding partner, my traveling partner, the love of my life, my wife for being with me also. Uh, amen, amen. Uh, I told you last night that we were going to talk about basically how to recognize where you is. I know that's not the right English, but that's all right. My wife gave me all the time about that, but how to recognize where you is. Because before you can be revived, you must know where you need to be revived from. Amen. And 
So if I'm not going to be, if I'm going to be revived, I have to know where I am in order to be revived. Amen. And the only way you connect with God is connect with God in knowing where you is first so God can take you to you are. Amen. So the first night we talked about last night about being in a pit, and a pit comes so many ways. There's emotional pits, there's financial pits, there are pits where we fall in, pits that we're in or even though we're in. The challenge you have with that is that when you get into a pit and don't know you're in a pit, you may want to stay in the pit. And when you stay in the pit, you get stuck. And you get stuck in a pit, it's hard to get out. Amen. Amen. But God doesn't want you to be in a pit. He said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So God wants you to have an abundant life. That don't mean a million dollars. That don't mean a Mercedes. That doesn't mean a Rolls Royce. He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to be joyful, happy. He wants you to be well. He wants you to have an abundant life. But we have talked so much about the other things that we get this abundant stuff mixed up. Amen. That stuff come anyway. Uh, if you do what God tells you to do, that stuff comes anyway. We're worrying about the wrong thing. So he said, an abundant life. I came that you may have life. But he gave us something on top of that verse that makes it even more potent to understand about abundancy. He says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And because of that, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy to keep you from having an abundant life. It's amazing that Jesus put that on top, did he not? To let you know that he's after you to keep you from obtaining what God has for you. So what do you do? What do you do when God has let you recognize you were in a pit, but he brought you out of a pit. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Well, the first thing you must know to do, the second thing you need to know, what do you do when you find your way out? What do you do when you find your way out? Uh, ain't a bad question, is it? No. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in a pit or not, but I've been in a pit. Been there. And I got out and didn't know what to do. Oh, boy, y'all ain't hear me. I, I got out and didn't know what to do. And when I didn't know what to do, I went back to what I was doing before because I didn't know what to do. Uh, we got a lot of returning members, returning Christians that go back to where they were because they do not know what to do. And the reason you don't know what to do basically because you have not allowed God to operate in your life. We keep blocking God because we want God to give us a stamp of approval, and he will not do that. He said in Exodus, I shall have no other God before me. I brought you out, not them, I brought you out. I brought you out of slavery. I brought you out of bondage. I, look at nobody did that but me. And you can't serve nobody else but, but me. The question, the problem we have is we want to serve other gods. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's easy to serve other gods. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You serve it on Sunday morning. Yes, you do. Your attitude can be a god. Unforgiveness can be your god. You serve those things because actually they trap you back into the pit again. I'm break up there for me. I'm coming. I got to break away from from a minute because oftentimes we are confused about blessings. You think because you got a car you've been blessed. You think because you got a house, all you got to do is have good credit, and you got to have that now. <laughs> and you'll get those things that you think that God blessed you with. Can I help you with that, though? Do you know God can give you a blessing and not go into the blessing with you? Oh, y'all missed that one, didn't you? 
You know God can give you a blessing and not go into the blessing with you. He'll walk away from the blessing that he gave you, and he'll leave you to yourself. Do you know that? I'm in Bible country. The children of Israel, God had promised them something. And then what Moses said, God, if you ain't going to be with us, I don't want to go in there. In other words, I'm going to give it to you, God. But God, God said, I'm going to give it to you, but I'm not going to go with you. And Moses said, if you ain't going to be with me, I don't want to go. The problem we don't have since, well, the challenge we have <laughs> is that when God gives us something, if God takes it, you understand that you don't have a relationship with God, you still want to go because the car means more to you than God. And you end up getting stuff that you really can't handle. Oh, Lord Jesus. And, and just, to, just to help you out a bit more, because blessings happen around you, because you see miracles happen around you, it does not mean the people who are doing the miracles are with God. That's why you got to watch where you run. Watch where you go. Watch what you say. Why? Because the miracles that are happening before you does not mean that, they're, that the people who are doing them are of God. I'm in Matthew 7 chapter, you know I am, where he said that many are going to call me Lord, Lord, but I don't know them. Watch me now. He said, Lord, they're going to come to me and tell me that you've done miracles in my name. You, you've cast out demons in my name. And he said to them, get away from me because I don't know you. Watch this now. They did what they said they did. And they did it in his name. But he said, get away from me because you, I don't know you. Man, why, well, Jesus, why would you do that? I'm glad you asked the question because Jesus, I got, a name, I got a reputation to protect. Oh, Jesus. I, I got a reputation to protect. I, I don't want folks saying I'm a bad God. You know the children of Israel were bad people? They had a naughty, naughty people. But God, watch me, still blessed them. He blessed them because I don't want the folks around me to know, think I'm a bad God. Can I help you here? A lot of the stuff you got, you ain't got it because you were so good. You got it because God didn't want folks to know he was a bad God. That he took care of his people. Amen, amen, pastor. That's all right. So what do you do when you got out? Well, Paul tells us this. Paul tells us this. In the first chapter of, now the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, around about the 11th verse, he says, when I was a child, I... Speak as a child. I hope I'm in the right place. I'm coming from memory now. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a woman, I put away childish things. Look to you and say, neighbor, when you get out, you got to grow up. You got to grow up. I only got a minute. 60 seconds is in it. Forced up on me, can't refuse it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it. But it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it. Give an account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute but eternity is in it. I only got a minute. 60 seconds is in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. 
I must suffer if I lose it, give an account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute. But 60 seconds is in it. My brothers and sisters, it's time to grow up. We've been childish for too long. Not childlike, but childish. Uh, today, when I was sitting down at the table, about at my computer, Apple computer at that, I, 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 I want to share something which that came across my mind and an inescapable reality that the Lord showed me today in my flesh. And that is I'm getting older. <laughs> Put another candle on the, on the cake. The cake is about to get full now, but I'm getting older. As a matter of fact, I got 68 candles on, on the cake, which means I'm getting older. It's funny because when I was younger, I used to thought that, think that 68 was old. <laughs> but now, since I'm 68, on, I got a different perspective because my, my, my ideas about 68 has changed. All because I'm getting older. I went to see the doctor and she told me, the eye doctor the other day, and she told me I, I need to put a little bit more stuff in your glasses. Because you need to put your glasses on to see a little bit more and see better and, and let me know that I'm, I'm getting older. I'm getting older because I know that there are some food that we done broke up now. We used to date a long time ago, but right now we done, we done broke up. So I can't stay with that food now. I can't date it anymore because now we don't have anything in common because I'm, are y'all with me? Because I'm, oh, George, because I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting older. Uh, used to be a time I could stay out to Stay up till one or two o'clock in the morning. Get up at six and go to work. Work eight hours. Then I could come back and play basketball all day and get up again. But now I need to have eight hours of sleep and a lot, probably a bit more just to make sure I slept. <laughs> because I'm, I'm getting older. I realize I'm getting older because I've, I've learned to embrace it because God has blessed me. And some of you in here today, God has blessed you with gifts. In the midst, in the congregation, he exemplified your model of getting older because God has allowed you to grow older in grace. I'm glad I'm in a congregation right now that of I call seasoned saints that have grown older. You have folks who, who are committed to Christ. You're in a community that's committed to Christ, and you're committed to the church. Every week you get up and do your part in the ministry. Every day you go out and do your thing. You're still living, living fullness to the, of your ability in Christ, although you're getting older. As a matter of fact, if you're here today, if you're 60 and in your 70s and, and moving on down, you still get it every day. You hit the streets like it's hot. I need somebody who's got some gray hair can say that ain't no bad thing. And if you're here and you're doing a bad thing, that raise your hand and ask, say, I'm getting older, but I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. All right. 
because glory to God that there's nothing wrong with getting older. I know I got I, I, I know I got some millennials in here under under forty, and you ain't shouting yet. Uh, you may think that this sermon ain't for you, but uh, as my daddy told me, and I, I must say, my daddy told me this. Deacon Lacona Harris, he had one word, and that word that he, well, y'all may call it a curse, but it was called hell, you little hell. He, he would say hell. And one day, I was out about 20 years old, and we were running some cows, and, and I was jumping ditches. I was, and my daddy, the cow got by my daddy, and I said, Daddy, why did the cow get by you? And he had a speech impediment, he stuttered. And he said, uh, hell. He said, you don't die young, and you won't be jumping ditches either. I don't know how you feel about that, but I tell you, I think, I think my daddy was right. Time, 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 time. It's going to happen to all of us. Yes, it is. And guess what? There are no season saint ministry in time. Time is going to catch up with you. And if you live long enough, you're going to find out that, my, my millennials, you're going to find out that you keep living long enough that time is going to show up in the mirror. Yeah. One day you're going to wake up and you won't have to turn the TV on to find out if it's going to rain or not. Mm. <laughs> Why? Because time. Oh, yes, it will. Time will, will, bring, will bring it to you. Keep on living, and one day you, you're going to hear yourself talking, and you're going to sound exactly like your mama and your daddy. Why? Because time is going to bring it to you. Yes, millennials, you may think that this, this ain't for you, but keep on living. And one day you're going to wake up, and stuff is going to hurt for no reason at all. Why? Because time is going to keep on living. Sooner or later, you're going to be eligible for this count race, wherever you go. Just keep on living, keep on living, and one day you're going to find yourself checking out a grocery store and you're going to look over in the left-hand side and you're not going to recognize any faces on the tabloid magazines. As a matter of fact, at an age, you don't even care who owned the magazine. <laughs> Why? Because time, time will bring about a change. Keep on living, and one day your music you listen to is going to be oldie but goldies. Just keep on living. Time will bring about a change. Keep on leaving, and one day you find out that time is going to happen to all of us. Uh, them boys say his daddy told him, said, son, something I want to tell you, that one day you're going to stand in front of this mirror, and an old man is going to be standing there, because time is going to come and get you. You can't hide from it. You can't run from it. You can't cover it up. You can't make it up. You can't disguise it. You can't, you can't Put, put something on you to make you suck. You're not getting, in, getting older because time is going to catch up with you. You can't deny it. Die your hair, but you can't deny it. Paint your fingers in there, but you can't deny it because time is going to catch up with you. Everybody knows that your hair ain't black. They know it. But time is going to catch up with you. And everything, everybody's going to grow older. Growing older is inevitable. Yes, it is. But after everything I've told you, after every description I've told you about, about age and time, one of the most dangerous things in the world to have an old man or old, old woman who haven't grown up. 
I just discussed it. I just described it to you chronologically. But there's a growing up, even at 70, that folks ain't made it yet. At 60, they ain't made it yet. At 50, they ain't made it yet. They still haven't grown up yet. So the question becomes, what do you do when you get outside of, of your pit? Paul is telling me today that you need to grow up. Because the reason you probably got in the pit, because God is telling you that you need to grow up. Oh, Jesus. Remember that some of us still ain't moved yet. Uh, you're doing the same thing, expecting different results. And they call that insanity. Why? Because you still haven't grown up. And the way you know that you're good in Christ and Christ is in you because you can be the same as you were at 20. Things have to change in your life. At 60, you should be different than you were at 40. Uh, because, look here, because time brings about maturity. And if you have matured in Christ, ultimately you have not grown up. Oh, Jesus, let me help you out because it is difficult to grow up when you're 40 years old and still staying with your mama. <laughs> it, it is difficult to grow up and here you are 60 years old and you're still staying out late at night. Uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. It's, it's difficult to do that. Are you with me? Because time brings about a change. My wife and I, well, we went, I went to her, to her, to a class reunion. I think about 50 class reunion. It amazed me. All of our physiques has changed now. We ain't the same no more now. Ain't got no carb, real bull stumbles now. Everything has changed now. We got these kind of stumbles now. They ain't got these kind of stumbles now. And, 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 and it amazed me oftentimes at this. They wanted to stay the same. They got glasses on and can't even see. And they, they, want, I'm serious, they want everything to stay the same. And what amazed me most of all, you know, when we was young, men and women, we wanted the lights turned down low. You remember that? Oh, y'all oh, y'all remember that time, huh? You want the lights turned down low? Uh, y'all, okay, you want, I want the lights turned down low. And, but now they still want the lights turned down low, but they can't see. <laughs> Because they have not grown up. They still, they still want to be 20 in a 60 body. And time won't let you do that. Oh, hell. Now let you do that. He wants you to do that. But Paul gave us the remedy, Pastor, for doing this. Paul said, when I was a child, oh, joy. I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul knocked me out with this scripture. I know we've heard, we, we, know, we know the scripture. Scripture is a, is a poetic love scripture. So poetic, Paul talks about love in the scripture. Love is kind, and, and love is not puffed up, and does not envy. Love. And Paul is talking about love in this. He goes back and says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, then I have not love. He goes on to talk about burning his body, giving his body to be burned. And he feeds, and I have not love. He talks about all of this, and all of a sudden, Paul turns that thing on me and says, when I was a child. Paul, what you're doing to me? You guys are talking about love. What love got to do with me speaking as a child and thinking as a child and 
He said, because ultimately, if you don't love, you can't do nothing anyway. All right. Oh, you ain't with me. He based it all on love. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. On love. In other words, he went back and said, because no, Paul was something else. Paul couldn't help. Paul had folks scared of him. Paul walking around, folks go to running. But now Paul is talking about when I was a child, I speak as a child. Understood as a child. I thought as a child, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, I, I looked at that text, and when I really heard that I speak as a child, Paul ain't talking about stop cussing. Oh, no. He ain't talking about not saying things and holding stuff in. Paul ain't talking about that. I went and looked at the Greek word. I'm not going to tell the Greek word because that's not even important. But what it means, he said, this means, I, I, I want you to understand, this means that my speech doesn't necessarily, my speech is going to change, but my speech changed by you exposing yourself. Now you got to show somebody what's inside of you. Oh, Lord Jesus. That's what he means. He means I speak as a child. The speech comes from the inside, not on the outside. Oh, Lord Jesus, the speech comes from the inside now, not on the outside. Oh, I speak as a child. Now I become, look here, I want you to expose yourself, means that I want to make the unknown known. Somebody, literally means that, that to take what is hidden inside of you and reveal it to the present day to somebody else. It got to come out of you. And if it didn't come out of you, you have not grown up. Because you have not been changed inside. Come on. Watch me now. When Paul said, I spoke as a child, he's saying that when I was a young man, I made some mistakes. I said some stuff I wasn't supposed to say. I told some folks some stuff I wasn't supposed to tell nobody. I talked too much. When I was a child, I talked too much. When I was a child, I talked too much. I said some things I wasn't supposed to say. Said some things about some folks I wasn't supposed to say some folks about. I talked too much. When I was a child, I talked too much. I was exposing the outside what was inside. And now he's saying, now you got to expose your outside. Because what you got to understand that when you get to a place of when uh, talking too much, you have to know how, what to say because sometimes some folks will need to know some stuff about you. Sometimes you need to keep some stuff to yourself. Sometimes you need to know what to say and what not to say. And he's saying, when you get to this place of growing up and this comes out of you, he's telling you right now, now you'll know what to say. Why do I know what to say? I know what to say, Pastor, because now I talk to God more than I talk to people. Are you there with me? Or do you have to stay on Facebook? And express your feelings on Facebook. Cussing folks out on Facebook. <laughs> I don't like you on Facebook. You don't come get me, I'll come get you on Facebook. I, and, and I have nothing, I think Facebook has its place. I think it, has a, it can be used for the right and proper tool. But we got believers on the line, look here, on Facebook, exposing the outside of themselves. And folks, that's why folks don't come to church. Why will I come to church when you're saying the same thing out there I'm saying? You're acting the same way. Why would you come to church? You're acting the same way I'm acting out there. That's why they don't come to church. Well, I'm going to walk in. Now you want to lay hands on me, but, you just got, nah, but, not, but then you want to slap me out a few minutes ago. You want to you you put oil on me now? Yeah. But a few minutes ago, you want to bring me up. Why would, I, why would I come to the house and do that? 
Are y'all with me today? So he's saying that he's saying that there has to be, has to be something that comes out of you now. That was wasn't before. How do, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, ultimately, that now I'm in God, and God is in me. And because I'm in God and God is in me, now when something comes out that's against God, I'll talk about it. Right. You ain't with me. Some of you hang with people right now are still saying the same thing they were saying when they were 20, and you ain't said nothing yet. But you profess to be a child of God. Look, what did David say? Show me that Philistine. I got in the Philistine killers in here. Because he's telling you right now, if you are a child of God, your language have changed. I ain't saying the same thing you're saying anymore. I ain't talking the same way you're talking anymore. Why? Because my stuff comes from the inside, not the outside. You're going to eyeball it, eyeball it one day, and you understand that when circumstances come before you now, now you're going to go to God and not to your friends. Why? Because there's sometimes a doctor going to say something to you. But you thought it wasn't the right thing to say. Friends are going to do some things you should have never thought your good friend would do. Keep on living and life is going to put you back against the wall and, and your feet under the fire. No money, no friends, nothing else. And all you can do is pray. And when you get to that place and when you're in Christ and you're in that position, glory to God for life. Your speech changed. You find out where you are now, not where you is now. And God is able to do something with you because now you're where you are. I'm looking for some grown folks in here today who know this is true, who will testify for millennials and millennials. I know where I am right now because when my stuff, when my stuff hit the fan, when the bottom fell out and when the medicine didn't work and when my friends stopped answering the phone, when family kept helping me and when my job, didn't pay, my job got rid of me and I have no pay, and when you don't know anything else but God. You fall on your knees in the bed and say, I must tell Jesus. Yeah, come on. Come on now. Come on now. All about my struggles. I cannot bear these burdens alone, but in my distress, he kindly will, will help me. He would ever love and care for his own. Is there somebody here today that understands that? Because I had to go to God in prayer. I had to go to God in prayer. Because now I'm talking from the inside out now not the outside in. Because God wants you to show, God want to show you that he'll work for you in the darkest hour. Yeah. He wants to show you that he'll pick you up out of a pit in a minute. He wants, to, he wants you to put all your trust in him yeah. and not your friends. Why? Because I got to tell God about it oh, yeah. and not Jane or Susie about it. Yes, Have you ever told some stuff to your friends and it stayed the same? Yeah. Uh, you told your deepest secret to the friends and it stayed the same? You told him about things you didn't want. He stayed the same, but now God is telling you, tell me your stuff. So he's saying, now I, 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 I can't speak. I, I speak as a child, but now I become a man, and now I'm going to God. So when I, things ain't working for me right, and things ain't going right for me, I get on my knees and say, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of, of prayer. Uh, I, if you're still talking and to those who ain't walking right. You ain't growing up right. Prayer, Paul said, I've got to change my speech. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. But then Paul says, I only spoke as a child, but now I understood as a child. And can I help you with that? See, understanding is not necessarily understanding what the word of God says. Understanding your friends, understanding nature, 
But Paul is saying here that you need, he need to understand who you are. Yeah. What I stand for, who you are. See, the, 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 see in, the, in, in the, the, the Greek word, in this particular situation, it dealt with wealth. Most times, the status in life in the Greek world was based on what you had. In other words, if you were wealthy, you were in good status. But Paul is saying that's not what I'm talking about. Because Romans said that you can't think high of yourself. You got to humble yourself. But you can't humble yourself until you know yourself. Are you with me? And if I don't know myself, I can't humble myself. Why? Because oftentimes when I'm trying to find out who I am, arrogance come about. I'm trying to find out who I am, hate come about. In other words, forget, unforgiveness comes. Why? Because I don't know myself. Here he said, you understand who you are. And we understand who you are in Christ. Then you're able to, watch me, grow up in Christ. Oh, Jesus. Have you ever, any of you have grown up in Christ falsely? Oh, boy, y'all, that kind of shocked you, didn't it? You know, I, I, I'm going to help you out. You're pretending to be in him, but you're not in him. That means that that's falsely growing up. That means you're growing up in something, but you're not really there. Falsely growing up. You're pretending to shout. Come on, man. Because somebody else is shouting. Come on, man. You pretend to speak in tongues, somebody's speaking in tongues. Come on, oh, you ain't with me, are you? That's all right. That's all right. You're pretending to do stuff that really you're not in Christ doing. Are you with me? You're falling out because somebody else is falling out. Are you with me? In other words, what I'm telling you, you don't know yourself. But you're spending so much time trying to find yourself that you pretend you know yourself. Watch me, not for you, but for somebody else. I want to impress somebody else that I know Christ. Oh, Lord Jesus. I want to impress somebody else that I'm with the Lord. And God says, I don't need you to impress anybody else. Look, you need to impress me first. Are you with me? Come to me with your stuff, and I'll make you right. See, you got to understand that when I understand the perception of myself, I then humble myself. I know I cannot communicate God, no way with God except with humbleness. And I can tell you something, oftentimes you profess humbleness, but you ain't got it. Let somebody step on your toe. That ugly stuff come up in a minute in you. And he tell you to be humble. Why don't you scoot over, let somebody else sit down in that seat. No, that's my seat, I ain't scooting over. He said, I want you to humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. But then Paul said, I, 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 I got to change who I'm talking to, but I also got to change my opinion about myself because I, I can't exalt myself. I must, I must humble myself. Because when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I'm still as a child. I thought as a child. I need to change my speech, change my understanding of myself. But now I need to change my thinking. Mm -hmm. I thought as a child. There's a difference between thought and understanding. It means I look at something and I put weight on it. I look at something and I put weight on it. When I, when I need to change my thought, it means I look at something and I put weight on it. It means I look at something and my thought process has changed now because now I have to assign, assign a value to it. Come on now. That's what it means. Are y'all with me? Amen. Now that I'm growing up, I have to assign a value to now, to something now that was different when I was 20. All right, now. Oh, y'all ain't with me. Uh, it's because my thought pattern has to change. Mm -hmm. 
Are you with me? Oh, let me help you out. See, millennials, and I ain't got nothing against y'all, they'll shout for a Mercedes. But you'll shout for a Yugo. Why? Because when you get 60, you ain't worried about what it looked like. You just wanted to go. Are you with me? Because my, my thought pattern has changed. Are you with me? Are you with me? In other words, your, your assignment in life has changed. You are different. You don't believe me? I'll take one of these young people. I'll take my grandson, Easy. And I'll give Easy. Let's go into a store, Easy. And I'll give Easy a, a, a tag, you know, like one of those those staples to, 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 to staple a tag on what's valuable to him, and I'll go in there, and I'll staple what I think was valuable. I'll bet you'll be in two different places. I bet you would. He's going to tag all the other stuff he wants, but I'm going to tag something I know going to give me some assurance, something that's going to be some valuable to me. So Paul is saying when I grow up, when I think my thought pattern change, my values change. Here's my word to you, my day, my friends. Have your value change. Have your value change. Have you, have you have now that you value something now that you didn't value before? Because now the price tag has changed. Paul said, when I was a child, I, I, when I was a child, I assigned certain values to certain things. But now that I'm older, now things are different right now. The things I, I value more now than I did then. That's when you grow up, folks. Then when you grow up, when your value change. Oh, with me. That's when you grow up, folks, when your value change. Because Matthew 6.33 says that seek ye first the kingdom of God. I'm going to test you right here. If you had a brand new suit you just bought, and God sends someone to your house that needs a suit, would you give it to him? Don't answer me. Answer yourself. <laughs> Ain't a bad question, is it? Because if I value, watch me, if I value God first, the suit is gone. That's right. Because he can always give me another suit. If he gave me one, he'll give me another one. Are you with me? I put that in front of you very simplistically because I want you to look at this. Have your value change. The shoes mean more to me than putting clothes on somebody's back. Come on now. Does my refrigerator being full mean more than me feeding the hungry? Mm. I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about what you do collectively, what you do privately also. Mm. You with me? Does that mean more to you than that? Now, how many times you been to the prison? Don't answer me. Answer yourself. Have I gone and just said, I don't know who you are. I just came to be. Send me somebody. I, I don't know nobody in here. Just send me somebody. Because I can talk to them. Because he said, when I was hungry, your value changed. When I was sick, you came to see me. When I was thirsty, you gave me water. Have your values changed? And when you come out of a pit, God puts you in a pit because your value is sometimes in the wrong place. I want you to see a value change in yourself. Because some seasoned saints, uh, you all be the first shouters, basically, when I start talking about value. Because you learn right now that your, that your values are different than other people. 
Uh, that's why I say I, I don't see how gray-headed folks can sit down on God. I don't see it. Because he done done too much to you for you. Oh, y'all ain't with me. He done done too much for you to sit down on him. You with me? But you get still got values. Your values are wrong. Do I value God? Do I value how folks are going to look at me? Oh, you ain't with me. Do I value how folks are going to look at me? I'm, I don't want to shout for God because, oh, that just ain't right. They may think, I, oh, they may think something's wrong with me. Let them think something because something is wrong with you. And what's wrong with me? I got God in me right now. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Uh, I got God in me right now. And you got to look here. You have to show folks that who God is. Can I help you? You know, you know one of the best, you know one of the best evangelistic tools that you can have right here in this place right here? Every Sunday morning they have that, they have that lot filled up with cars. I kid you not. Folks would drive by and say, what's going on in that place? There got to be something in that place that I need to go see. And you know us, we're going to come see it. You with me? Why? Because we, there's something that was valuable to you. And when something's valuable to you, somebody else won't know what's valuable to you. I'm teaching you tonight. I ain't preached yet. So I, but I ain't, I'm, we're going to come back tomorrow night. What's valuable to you? Because ultimately, he's saying you got you to gotta grow up. Uh, because when you get older, my sisters and brothers, and some of you can testify, I thank God for waking me up now. I thank God for waking me up right now. But I don't just thank for wake, I don't just thank him for waking me up. I thank him for waking me up and I'm able to put one leg in one leg in one leg. Are you with me? And, and, and why that is so important? Because I'm not trying to put my pants on my head. You don't know what I'm saying. I'm, in other words, he wakes me up in my right mind. In my right mind. He gives me clothes to put on my back. And he, he gives me reasonable health and strength. I got some seasoned saints in here need to know that. And I got, I, got, I got a test for you. If you know God and blessed you, if you know he woke you up in your right mind, give me just one second of a clap praise for God. If you know it. You ought to call his name out while you're standing up. You ought to bless his name while you're standing up. Because he done done too much for you. Are you, are you with me? I don't know. Have you ever been in a pit somewhere and God picked you up and brought you out? I, if he ever brought you out, you ought to testify right now that God brought you out. Are you with me? Oh, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. Because you know that he's a mind regulator. Yeah. You know that already. You know that you didn't have no money, but you still ain't broke right now. Because he was your provider. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of you have had a maid all your life. But I didn't have a maid all my life. We had to eat off we had to eat off of Coca-Cola crates. And we drove around on Maypops. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We were so hungry, we had, we had a store next door. We had, to go, we had to go and we had to just charge devil food cake. Yeah, yeah. My little baby, my older son, was so hungry. I was, was kind of working. I was late to be. I was so sleepy. He got out of bed and got that devil food cake. He was so hungry. 
I woke up, it's all over me. <laughs> all over me. But see, I know what God brought me from. Yeah. And will I holler for him? Yeah. Yes, I will. Yeah. Will I cry? Yes, I will. Yeah. Will I get ugly for him? Yes, I will. Yeah. Because there's nothing that, that can never pay what he's done for me. Amen. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. You with me? I got to go. I know I talked tonight, but I got to go. Come back tomorrow night. We're going to holler a little while tomorrow night. Oh but, 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 but before I go, before I go, I got to tell you this one because I think it's, I think, I think it's, it's necessary to know this. NBC had, NBC had, was broadcasting the, the Bulls game. They were responsible for broadcasting the Bulls game. Bulls game. They had four cameras on the floor. The communication director ordered another camera. He said to them, he said, that camera right there should always stay on Michael Jordan. Where Michael goes, there where you go. But Michael goes there where you go. He brought one camera specifically to keep it on Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan will go to the huddle and the camera will go to the huddle. Michael Jordan will go sit on the bench and wipe his face. The camera will stay on Michael. The Michael Jordan get up and stretch. The camera will stay on Michael. Michael Jordan run down the coat. Michael got sick. The camera stayed on Michael. One camera to stay on Michael. So eventually one of the employees came and asked, why do you keep the camera on Michael? The executive director looked at him and said, I keep the camera on Michael because something magical may happen after a while. Then it dawned on me, my brothers and sisters, that God had a camera on you for a long time. Yeah. Come on, man. It dawned on me, my brothers and sisters. Yes, he kept the camera on you in the wrong, when you were in the wrong place. Yes. Because yes. he knew that something magical was going to happen. When you were in your downness, the camera was on you. Because he knew something magical was going to happen. Come on, man. Come on. When you cussed somebody out, he had his camera on you because he knew that something magical was going to happen. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but I was in my pit. While in my pit, he asked the man, they asked him, why are you keeping the, why are you looking at him so much? Because I know after a while in Douglas, something magical is going to happen. Yeah. Then it dawned on me that God has a camera on all of you. Because he knows that something magical is going to happen. Go with me if you please. They whipped him all night long. But he kept the camera on his son. They asked him, so why he getting beat? God, why you got your camera on him? He said, because something magical is going to happen. They took him up on top of the hill. And they spread him out wide. And they hung him high. He kept his camera on him. The devil asked, he said, God, 
Why are you keeping your camera on your son after it's just nailed him in his hands and his feet? He said, because something magical is going to happen. And then after a while, they pierced him in the side. He hung his head and died. The devil said, God, why you got your camera on your son if he's dead? And God said, because something magical is going to happen. They took him to a borrowed tomb. They rolled a stone in front of the tomb. And God sitting with his camera on the borrowed tomb, and the tomb closed up. The devil asked God, why you got your camera on the tomb? You can't even see him, he said, because something magical is going to happen. It came Sunday morning. It came Sunday morning. It came Sunday morning. It came Sunday morning. And that stone was rolled away. God, Jesus, got up with all power in his hands. And God had the camera on him because he knew something magical and happened. If I go to my magic, baptized imagination, I can see God looked at the devil and said, I told you so, that something magical was going to happen. I got a word for you today. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? And I know he's all right. He's all right. And because he kept a camera on him, now Jesus got a camera on you. Ain't you glad that he took you out your pit? Ain't you glad that he allows you to grow up? Ain't you glad that he changed you every day? Ain't you glad that he allowed you to get to 60? Ain't you glad he allowed you to get to 50? Ain't you glad he allowed you to get to 40 and 7? Ain't you glad? Are you the only way you got there? Because God had his camera on you. And he knew something magical was going to happen. Amen, amen. amen.